Hey everyone, how's it going? This is Azrin here, owner of the Calgary Language Nerds, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, the biggest thing on my mind is hope. I really hope that I'm able to successfully create an accelerated learning program. I want to be able to look a language learner in the eye and say, if you pay me, if you sign up for this course, you are highly likely, if not guaranteed, to reach this level of fluency in this much time. Give me this much money, and in six months, or in three months, or nine months, whatever the time frame is, right? In this much time, you will reach this level of proficiency. Right now, the draft goal is that you are conversational. In French or Spanish, those are the languages I'm working with now, you're conversational within six months or less. And I really hope that I can do it. I think that I can. I think it's realistic. Um, you know, most language learning products and services, they sell you a product or a service, which sounds logical. They sell you a product or service. You purchase a class, you're buying the class. You sign up for a subscription on an app, you are buying a virtual product, a subscription. What I want to sell is results. I would love to be able to sell results. You pay me, yes, for a class, but you're paying me for a specific result. Like this is the result that I'm going to deliver, that I'm going to deliver if you follow the program. And what's really important to me right now is that the class or the program, the course, let's call it, the course I create, it's very important to me that it's not an intensive course. An intensive course would be a course, would be a course where you have an hour or more of class every day and you've got hours and hours of homework every day. I don't want something highly intensive where you're spending 10, 15, 20 hours a week on learning a language. That is a tried and true way, way to learn a language. There are plenty of companies, institutions, organizations that offer programs like this. And that is, I think, the most foolproof way to learn a language. In fact, let's go on a slight tangent. If you want a foolproof way to learn a language, for the one or two of you, that most of you, this won't be practical, but for the one or two or three of you where this is practical and you're like, I want to learn a language in a guaranteed way, let me give you the answer. Pay for a full-time course, ideally in the country or a country that speaks your target language. You're learning Spanish, go to Mexico, pay for a full-time course, do it for months and months and months. You can even do one month a year for the next three, four years, and even that will take you a long way. That is a guaranteed way. Full-time courses. Um, ideally in a country that speaks the language you're trying to learn. Pick a reputable company, look at the reviews, right? See what people are saying, look at their curriculum, ask how they teach, so on and so forth. But even if they're not amazing at teaching, just the fact of you being in full-time classes is going to do the trick, okay? So that's a foolproof way. But for most people, that's not practical. They have jobs, they have a life, it's expensive to do that. So for most people, it's not practical, I get it, right? That makes sense to me. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that in this course, it's four hours a week of your time. That's what I'm, that's the number I'm working with now. One hour, one hour of class, three hours of homework. 
maybe maybe there'd be a variant for some people that are not that accountable to themselves or they want more time with an instructor maybe it's like two hours of class two hours of homework maybe there's a variation like that but again four hours of a, a week dedicated toward the language you're learning so that's the that's the biggest thing on my mind today right now transitioning from there i'd like to share a few learnings that i have learned while i've been making this accelerated learning program the first one i've talked about before and this is a big one for those that want to become fluent in another language. And this is a big one, regardless, almost regardless of what your level is, whether you're more on the beginner side or even more towards the advanced side. What you need, it's very important to have imperfect solutions. Imperfect solutions. What is an imperfect solution? An imperfect solution is something you say when you're stuck or you freeze up. I'll give you some examples. Maybe you struggle with the past tense in French, Spanish, whatever language, and you always forget the conjugations. You can't find the right words, the right conjugation in the moment. Well, you need an imperfect solution. The imperfect solution would be a wrong, an, a mistake, a mistake that you make when you speak, but a mistake that gets the point across. So instead of saying, I, in, in Spanish, for example, Yo caminé, I walked. Ayer yo caminé, ayer yo, yo caminé, yesterday I walked. You might say, ayer yo caminar, yesterday I to walk. It's wrong, but native speakers will always understand what you meant because you said ayer, you, you specified it was yesterday. So an imperfect solution in Spanish for verb conjugations is to put a time word yesterday, tomorrow, two weeks ago, in two months, whatever, this morning, put a time word and the infinitive version of the verb. That is an imperfect solution that works for basically all verb conjugations if you're stuck. It's wrong, I get it, but it's better than freezing up because freezing up feels awful. If you've ever frozen up in a real conversation with a native speaker, it feels awful to freeze up. So you need something to keep the conversation moving and not freeze. There's other imperfect solutions too. If you have an intermediate level or advanced level, the more advanced you are, the more this imperfect solution works. Um, sometimes you wanna say something, but you don't have the words to say it. An imperfect solution, if you're intermediate or advanced, is to say something similar to what you wanna say. So you wanna say, I'm, you wanna say something like, um, this course is designed for advanced level students. That's the word, that's the sentence you wanna say. And you realize, while you're talking, you don't know the word for designed. You don't know how to say this course is designed for advanced students. And you think, I don't know the word designed. Okay, what can I say that's similar, but not the same? And I might say, okay, this course, I made this course for advanced students. Same meaning or very similar meaning, different words. So you can play with the word choice you use to communicate the same meaning. The more advanced you get, the more you can do that. Okay. Um, and there's a term, I personally call it word flexibility. Maybe there's a technical term. Um, having high word flexibility is an important part of speaking fluently. Word flexibility means how, how quickly can your brain come up with a synonym for what you want to say that you don't know how to say? Or how quickly can you change direction to go from, I want to say this, but I don't know how, so I'm going to say this instead. 
So you're avoiding things you don't know how to say and only saying things that you do know how to say. Does that make sense? So that's another form of imperfect solution because it's not ideal. You'd love to say the thing you really want to say, but in the moment, you don't know how. So you have to stick to something you know, right? These are all examples of imperfect solutions and imperfect solutions are very important to actually speak a language fluently and to have smooth conversations with people. Here's another learning point from me designing this course that I've been designing. Um, this concept that I'm about to tell you will apply differently in every language, but I think it applies. I wish I could give you one way that it applies in every language, but I don't think it's going to work that way. So in Spanish, what I've decided to do so far, and it's working quite well, I might add, is I've only been teaching the I and you conjugations of verbs. I and you. No he, no she, no we, no they, no nothing. Only I and you. So what I've done is I've decided, I thought about this. I thought in a conversation, if you are a beginner, this is for beginners, in, like intermediate, advanced, and this is different. But for beginners, really low beginners, if I were to pick, if I were to pick the most important things they must know how to do in Spanish, what are they? Think of the Pareto principle where, you, where out of, it's like that 80-20 rule, 80% of your, of your results come from 20% of the efforts. And this applies in many different ways. But I look at, okay, you're going to learn this language. What are the things that you can learn now that give you the biggest boost in terms of communicative ability? And when I thought about it for Spanish, I thought, well, the things that give you the biggest boost right off the bat, at least grammatically, is learn how to conjugate the I and you form of verbs, only I and you, in the past, present, and future. If you ignore, if you ignore everything else and you only focus on those two, that's going to help you communicate a ton. Because when you talk to people, especially as a beginner, you're going to 80% of your conversation is I and you. It's not he and she and we and they. And here's what's cool too. When you combine what I just said now, only learning I and you, and only learning those, not worrying about all the other conjugations. When you combine that piece of advice with the previous one around imperfect solutions, what you can now do is you can say, listen, I want you to really focus on getting I and you correct. Let's really focus on getting that right. For he and she and we and all those, let me give you an imperfect solution that works for all of them. And for Spanish, the imperfect solution that works for all of them is just use the infinitive of the verb. Hablar, comer, vivir, whatever. Don't conjugate it. Don't change it. Just say el vivir, el comer, el hablar, el whatever. Ella this, nosotros this. It's wrong, but it's for the time being, it's going to have to do, right? Because you're trying to, again, right now, my goal is to expedite how quickly people get to being conversational. That's the goal right now. So think about whatever language you're learning. That, that exact piece of advice I shared where you only learn the I and you conjugations that might not work for your language. Your language might not have conjugations. Your language might have a million cases. And so there isn't exactly a straightforward conjugation for I and you in the past present. Maybe there's different cases like Gujarati, for example. It would be hard to give that piece of advice. I don't know exactly how that would apply. It's a bit trickier. There's four words for you. There's four words for I. Like, 
the conjugation in the like the, it's it's i don't know if that would quite work in gujarati i'd have to uh, modify it so you'll have to modify that but what you're trying to like, what you want to ask yourself is what you want to ask yourself is what are the main things i would need to know to become well to reach whatever goal you're trying to reach and that transitions nicely to the next piece of advice here right you always want to ask yourself no matter what level of proficiency you have no matter what language you're learning you want to ask yourself what is the biggest what is the biggest obstacle holding me back from what i want in this language you want to be very fluent you want to uh learn the basics you can go to go to mexico and you know make some simple small talk you want to be able to read a book you want to be able to turn on the tv and understand what they're saying you want to be able to watch any movie you want on net like who knows what it is the more specific the better honestly because saying i want to be super fluent it's 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 fair enough fair enough that's fine but boy that's not as specific as i want to be able to turn the tv on and watch netflix shows in spanish or whatever like that one is more specific so you you want to identify specifically what you want as specifically as you can and then ask yourself what is the biggest the biggest obstacle that is holding you back from you reaching that particular level of proficiency that you want right and then you only want to address the biggest obstacle and in fact what you probably want to do is what is the biggest obstacle that's the easiest to solve that's a better version what's the biggest obstacle that's easiest to solve right that you feel like oh that's a big obstacle and i could solve it pretty easy that's gold solve those right solve that and then go solve it and at all times you just want to try and solve what are the i think of it like a lever personally in my mind it's like a lever that you pull what's the biggest lever that you can pull with the least amount of effort that gives you the most gain the biggest lever that you can pull with the least amount of effort that gives you the most gain right you always want to ask yourself that question so yesterday i shared in the podcast that i downloaded an anki deck with mandarin vocabulary well the reason i did it was because i realized that wait a second for me in mandarin essentially the only obstacle i have left well maybe not the only but maybe it actually might be the only honestly the only obstacle one of the the biggest obstacle for sure that i have between where i am now and a very advanced level it's vocabulary that might be the only thing i've got my pronunciation is is very good i can tweak some things but i think as i get more confident with vocabulary i think the pronunciation will clean itself up where i have little errors but it's very good um my grammar is very good as well very very good grammatically speaking um in mandarin there's a point where as you learn more words the grammar piece takes care of itself as well because you might learn a word that's a a word that triggers a grammar point so actually just by focusing on on vocabulary that actually simultaneously takes care of grammar so i've kind of picked i really for me vocabulary is the big obstacle okay the biggest one by far now I downloaded that Anki flashcard deck yesterday because I realized, wait a second. Although I'll have to learn thousands of words because I want to reach a near native level of proficiency. Yeah, that's going to have to happen. But why don't I learn how do I say this? 
why don't I learn the words that give me the most amount of value now and learn those right off the bat? For example, I actually did this once before. I remember a couple of years back, I happened to be using a lot of Mandarin at work. I was taught, I had a couple of students or rather uh, kids' parents that spoke Mandarin way better, or sorry, my Mandarin was way better than their English. So we'd communicate about work-related things in Mandarin instead of English, okay? And what I realized was if I learn work, like words, phrases, and I really focus on that, and I learn stuff that's related directly to what I'm going to need when I talk to them, and that's what I focus all my attention on, that's going to give me a significant boost in, in, in fluency because where I'm using my Mandarin was most at that point in time was mostly at work with clients. And so by focusing on really nailing work-related conversations, you know, I might only learn like 70 words, which is not that much, and maybe like, I don't know, one little grammar point or something like that, a couple, like something to that effect. I learned 70 words, but with those 70 words, now I feel super fluent every day because I'm talking to my clients and, and the conversations always go smoothly. They go smoothly because I know the words I need and the grammar, everything I need to have those conversations. Now I feel confident. I'm like, oh, wow, look at me. I'm having fluent conversations. But if I just followed, if I'd said, okay, I want to get good at man, I wish I could speak Mandarin fluently and talk to my customers. And then I just went to more classes and used a typical textbook. The problem would be all the words in the textbooks I'm using or even an app, all the words in the app or textbook would not be the ones I need for my work. They're not the ones I need for my work. And so I'm getting better at Mandarin and yet I'm still struggling to talk about, to talk, speak Mandarin in the context I actually speak Mandarin in. So when you're, so what I was thinking when I downloaded my Anki decks was, okay, well, if I just learn, if I focus on learning the stuff that brings me the maximum amount of value now, in other words, find the biggest lever to pull that gives me the maximum amount of gains, that's going to be good for me, right? That's going to help me speak more fluently, um, speak more fluently faster. And yes, for me, because I want to have a near native level of proficiency, you know, I don't really have a shortcut. I mean, I'll have to learn quote unquote everything at some point. I just have to. There's no shortcut anymore. But at least I can pick and choose what I learned first, second, third, fourth, fifth to benefit me most in the short term. And that takes me to another piece of advice here, which is this. Um, if you are trying to reach, I'm sorry, uh, that's not true. If you're not trying to reach a near native level of proficiency, which is a lot of you, if that's not the goal, you don't have to learn everything. I'll say that again. If the goal is not near native level of proficiency, you do not have to learn everything. You, you are allowed to skip things. The lower your goal, the more you're allowed to skip. So that's a good concept to keep in your mind. You don't have to learn it all. I was a quick story I was telling someone. I have a student and she was doing a, an, a, an exercise and an extra exercise in a textbook that she owns that we don't really use in class, but she owns it. Okay. And she's got it. And she's like, Hey, Asman, I was doing this activity in the textbook and it was driving me crazy. I said, Oh, show it to me. She shows, she shows it to me. And the textbook activity was a little silly. It was not that helpful. It was a translation drill and the sentences were really wonky. You would never, ever say anything like it. 
I felt awkward even saying the sentences in English because they're so strange. And I was like, what is going on? Like, this is such a strange activity. And she had been really confused about one of the sentences. She'd been asking her Latino friends, like, why would anyone say this? Why am I doing this activity? And I was like, just skip it. Like, no, that's so, everything about this activity is so obviously not a good idea that I, just skip it. Don't learn this. She's like, yeah, but it's in the book. And I said, so? I mean, so what? When I was learning Mandarin, initially, I said, I'm not, for three years, essentially, I said, I'm not going to learn to read and write. I'm going to skip all that. I'll do it later. Right. And in fact, at the point, at that point in time, I didn't even need to learn to read and write. That's why I skipped it. I thought, I don't even need this. I need to learn how to talk. So I'm not going to learn to read and write. I want to learn to talk because the goal was just to be able to communicate. Right. And so that's why I, that's why I did that. So you, you, if you're not trying to reach a near native level of proficiency, you can cut a lot. You don't have to learn everything. You can actually pick and choose, and that's perfectly acceptable. In fact, you should do that. Now, if you are trying to reach a near native level of proficiency, it's a different piece of advice. You have to learn it all. Okay. You'll have to do everything. Pronunciation, yes. Dialectal differences, yes. Reading, yes. Writing, yes. Learn about stuff you don't even care about. Yep. You bet. Because guess what? I don't talk about root canals in English or like very technical dental words. I don't want to learn about those things, but I know the basics as a native speaker. I never talk about them, but I know them. And so to have a near native level proficiency, you have to know about stuff you don't even really care about. Like a near native level proficiency, yeah, you're going to have to learn quote unquote all of it, but you should prioritize. Learn the things now that are going to help you the most now. Does that make sense? Focus on learning now what helps you the most now. And yes, you will have to learn everything, of quote unquote, not everything, but a lot to reach a near native level of proficiency. Like I'm trying to do in Mandarin, I want to have a very advanced level, right? Very advanced, maybe not near native, but a step below that, like, like very, very advanced. Um, and so, yeah, you'll have to learn everything, but you can still prioritize uh, what you learn. The last piece of advice I'll share today, and then we'll wrap it up. It's related to the concept of prioritization. So, okay. I was having this conversation with someone today and I'll try to articulate this, but I've never actually said this. So this might come out a little bit, um, not as clear as I'd like. So I was teaching a class, right? And this is with a lady who had taken classes at another language school. And at that language school, she had taken, she made it up to level four or level five, I think it was, doesn't matter. Let's say it was level five. I forget the level, but let's say it's level five. And then she got a, the, the, the school decided it would be better for her to go back and learn some concepts from level three. So she was learning, she was at level five, but then in the level five class, they retaught certain concepts from level three. And my student felt that to be very discouraging. And I, when she was telling me the story, I thought to myself, how are they grouping? How are concepts grouped when learning another language? In fact, you know what? I'm going to stop this recording here. I'm going to make a separate a separate podcast about this because I could probably go 15 minutes just on this topic. So let's wrap this up here. I'm going to stop the recording and literally make the next one now, the next podcast, and maybe post it tomorrow. So thank you for listening. I appreciate your attention. If you made it, far, if you made it this far, well, listen to the next one and you're going to hear me rant about how language difficulty is grouped. Okay. 
Talk to you later. Bye-bye.